when George signed up over a year ago to serve as staff clerk, I guarantee he didn't wasn't planning on the transitions that we've had. I mean, <laughs> what I don't know what what chairperson has has had a senior pastor, associate pastor, a music director, and then a children's coordinator all in one one administration. I think that's incredible. And throughout this, being judged and having full force and you know family involved and 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 two two young daughters he's just amazing he's had time but he's done an outstanding job of shepherding us through these transitions i think he deserves a round of applause well like i said it's a pleasure to be here but quite frankly it's a tad overwhelming to be on this side of the podium with you public speaking standpoint I'm accustomed to that and and I'm okay with this at first I thought this was like a dog dog collar like uh, working for the Humane Society a lot and I thought maybe they'll shock me if they don't like what I say or I go too long I'll get zapped but I'm okay with that too but I think the challenging part overwhelming intimidating part is following you know the series that began earlier this month we had Pastor Sam talk to us and kind of lead us toward this theme of, of generosity campaigns and excelling in generosity. And then we had Sheila, she's a very accomplished speaker, and she did a, a, a platform about how the children have been involved and how they're working. And then last Sunday, Andy uh, came up and talked about the youth, and if you were here, you recall, he gave us all a little piece of puzzle, and he said that this piece of puzzle is how you can plug in to the overall picture of the church. You can be part of the, the profile, and, and, and everyone plays a role uh, with, with, the, with the youth program, and so you need to be a part. So it's kind of a continuation of that. But to help me out, let's go to the Lord in prayer. If you bow your head, please. Um, dear God, give me the strength to be your voice, to use your words for delivering the message. From my fear, give me courage. From my nervousness, give me confidence. Thank you for these blessings, O oh Lord, as we celebrate all you have done. Amen. Before I became your lay leader, I spent my career in advertising and marketing. Commercials and advertising and slogans and those things have always been very exciting to me, and I kind of keep up with them. I think it's kind of neat. And as the role of as uh, lay leader, I'm always involved in practically every committee, uh, the trustees, the finance, and the staff fairs. So part of my role is to help serve the liaison, but also to kind of promote our church. So with that in mind, I'm always thinking of some ideas, and I brought an idea to, to the trustees, and they shot it down. But I, after reflecting on it, I know why they did, but I still thought it was somewhat a, a good idea, but they said it was a little too risky. But and I'll tell you a little bit about that idea. Uh, I live just off of Rainbow Drive, and so I'm always going up and down Rainbow Drive. And there's, uh, there's this church, uh, Rainbow City Church of Christ. You may be familiar with it. It's kind of nod ahead. It's right across from the golf course. Well, you know they have this reader board that has these incredibly clever messages and slogans, and they're really funny. They grab your attention. 
And uh, there are a lot of other churches out there that use this form of advertising to kind of catch your attention. I thought it'd be pretty clever. So I, I, I did some research and I got on the Internet because you can find anything on the Internet, right? So I looked at some things and, and I saw some pretty crazy signs we could use. So I boiled them down into the top five and I thought I'd share them with you and see what you think about. But so remember, so these are signs on the reader board at churches. And the first one said, choose the bread of life or you will be toast. I thought that was pretty clever. The second one was, uh, don't give up, don't give up. Moses was a basket case. I thought that was funny. The third one was a little edgy, but I'll go ahead and go with it. Do you know what hell is? Come hear our preacher. The fourth one is exercise daily, walk with the Lord. Oh, I like that one. The last one I'll, I'll share with you is uh, Lent is coming. Get your ash in church. <laughs> so we, we won't have a reader board at our church, but nevertheless. So, But back to the reason I'm here. Uh, it's uh, kind of talk about, the again, the, the theme of generosity. Um, the scripture we'll be talking about in just a few minutes is, is something that uh, Pastor Sam uh, gave the, the team, leadership team, to work on for us to bring the theme. But let me give you just a little bit of background before we dive into that. That's always helped for me to understand the context of some of the things. Uh, back in, so biblical days, back in 41 A.D., the people of, of Judea were going through an incredible famine actually a whole series of events of, of one after the other so the place was really devastated and the christian disciples of the early church at that point got together much like we do today and they said we need a relief fund they didn't have a concert or, or a, you know a, any kind of event so they just went to all the all, all the, the churches in the area and they said everybody needs to give as much as you possibly can and we're going to have our Timothy come by and collect. And Timothy's going to come by your church. He'll get your pledge, and we'll put it in the fund, and we'll help during this time of this famine. So so that, that's, that's the context. And so what you have here is Paul. He's probably sitting, you know, at his home office, and he gets a call from Timothy, and Timothy goes, Man, I went by Corinth, and I didn't get enough because they're one of the largest churches in our district. They have more resources. They have the you know, largest sanctuary and, and really involved, and they do a lot of things right. For some reason, I just did not get the level of generosity I needed. But you know, what is amazing is there's really there's no church in North Greece and Berea and Macedonia, and they really gave a lot. And they didn't have a lot to give. So that's that's where we are when we talk about Paul. So... Let's, um, on your screen, or, or if not on your screen, uh, I have a little handout trying to stay with the flow that Pastor Hayes has started us with. You'll find a little sheet of paper in your worship stuff, right? It has a picture of the grace of giving. On the, on the other side, it has the scripture I'll be reading from. You can read from that. You can, if it's on the screen, you can read from that, and, and just uh, we'll go from there. I also have a couple core key points for you and just some 
other information at the bottom. You can take this with you. You don't feel comfortable doing that, you can just leave it there. Go over that later if you'd like. Um, so let's go, let's go to Scripture together. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1 through 7. Now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. They are being tested by many troubles. They are very poor, but they are also filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed in rich generosity. For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. And they did it their own free will. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift of the believers in Jerusalem. They even did more than we'd hoped for. For their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us, just as God wanted them to do. So we have urged Titus, who incurred your giving in the first place, to return to you and encourage you to finish this ministry of giving. Ministry of giving. Verse 7 is really the key verse we've been talking about for the last four weeks. Since you excel in so many ways in your faith, your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, and for your love of us, I want you to excel in this gracious act of giving. The word for God for the people of God. All right, let's kind of peel apart just a little bit of this and... and um, just some kind of key points. If you go to verse 1, um, thing we really want to stress, now I want you to know. So again, remember this is Paul saying, I want you to know this. You know, what God in his kindness has done. See, this is God. This is what God is doing. Not you, not the people, but God is helping the people do this through the churches in Macedonia. Verse 2, he wants us to know that these people are giving in spite of their many troubles. They are being tested by many troubles. They are very poor, but they are also full of abundant joy. So I think what you have here is, is he's saying they are very poor. They don't have a whole lot, you know, but they're also giving in abundant joy. You know, I think giving sometimes, the first key point I like to make is sometimes we say to ourselves, you know, I want to give of my time, but man, I'm just really busy at work. I'd like to give of more money, but I've got to pay off my car. If I catch up on a few bills, you know, I'll jump back in and, and, and finish my, my commitment to the church. Or this is not the best time for me to be part of a committee or be part of a project because I need to wait. It's just not a good time for me. The key point is that Really, there's no better time than now to give. If you're gonna, if you're convinced that tomorrow is going to be better, tomorrow is not necessarily going to be better. So I think what Paul is telling is generosity never happens if you wait. First key point: generosity never happens if you wait. Jump into verse three and five there, and you know the key things I like to point out there is that verse four. See Paul saying that giving comes from the heart. Notice, you know, Paul how he describes that they gave, you know, even more than they had. And it, so he says they gave not only what they could afford, but far, far more. And they did it of their own free will. You know, 
you did it because it was the right thing and it came from the heart. Um, so the, the key note there, I think, is is that, you know, in our church, in our belief, in Methodism, we say we give with our prayers, our presence, you know, our service and our witness. Key point number two, giving is not limited to what you have monetarily. So let's go to, you know, verse 4 and, 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 and 5 and, and kind of examine that just for a second. You know, I think what the point Paul is making here when he's saying they did more than we had hoped for. So their action was to give themselves to the Lord and give, you know, themselves to the Lord. I think what Paul is saying here is that, you know, the church wants you, wants you to be involved, wants you to find your place, wants you to be part of the puzzle where you fit in. Church doesn't really want your money if you really boil down to it. They want you to get involved with your service and your gifts and your prayers. If you do that and if you follow that path, then the money will follow. So I think that's the key point number three I want to kind of stress that the church wants you not the Last two verses as we get into the kind of the, the home stretch here. I talked about where, you know, verse 6 is where, you know, Paul intended, I'm sorry, I'm assuming Titus to pick up the money to stop the stalling and come back by and she would pay up. And verse 7 is, again, the key key verse here. So what happens is that Paul is very clever. He's, he's, he's encouraging these people and he, and he noticed how he's playing on their ego. He already tried to shame them into the to, to say, you know, well, look at this really smart church. Look how much they gave and how much they couldn't give and how little they had to give, but yet they did it. So he, he uses that approach. Then he turns back around and he goes, look, let's, let's look at it this way. Let's see. Let's appeal to their ego. Remember the Corinthians, they were a big church. They were famous. They'd been around a really long time. And quite frankly, they did, they did a lot of things wrong. You can tell. He talks about in verse 7, he says, you know, you excel in so many ways in your faith, your gifted speakings, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, your love for mass. But I want you to excel also in gracious giving and graciousness. So kind of to wrap this thing up, um, I think Paul is challenging the Corinthians, and I think this challenge is certainly appropriate for us, and that's certainly why Pastor Hayes uses it as the, as the, the flag of our whole, whole, whole thing here, a challenge. And, and I think it's, if you look at our church, I think it's okay to be challenged. I mean, I think you, furthermore, if you go back and you look at the history of Gaston First Methodist Church, I think you'll find a history of us being challenged, and I think you'll also find that throughout history, during the most difficult, challenging times, this church has always responded and assisted and been part of the community, okay? You know, um, 172-year-old church. 1846, you know, General Concine started a, a Sunday school class in a little log cabin that was one block this way and about a half a block that way. For all the old-timers, it was where 
six years to build it. That's what Coach Father. Six years, and I'm sorry, eight years later, you know, the first church was built in that location. And, you know, that would have been in 1954, which was about six years before the church was built. So we, we all know history. We all know what kind of challenging times that was. Well, then five years after the Civil War, five years after, 1870, the first church was built in this location with the marker outside. It talks about 1870 and 1970, there was a big continued celebration of our church in this location. And so, so then if you move forward in 1918, World War One, you know, the two-story annex, you know, that used to be back behind us before we had a, a major renovation, was built in that triangle. Then you move forward again in the midst of the Depression, in the very middle of the worst e economy the country's ever seen in 1936, had the largest renovation in this church. Nine of the 13 beautiful stained glass windows were intact in this church in 1936. It expanded to 200 rooms. In 1944, finally, in the years of World War II, and we, uh, many Bible studies let this church right away. And, and W.B. Small came and found over at that iron fence that's been around there for years. A whole history. So it's, it, it's, this is a very loving, giving church. So I'm not, I'm not saying we are not gracious in our giving, but I think there are times when we need to think about challenging ourselves to do a little bit more, to do a little bit more. So that's one of the things I talked to you about, about just challenging us. So I think there's some similarities because we do a lot of things really well, but I think there's some things we need to be aware of. And as, a, as your lay leader, I think it's my responsibility to make sure a couple of those things are with you because I think we, we're going through a transition as a church. Um, and I'm going to share three things with you, and I, I was trying not to bore you when Barbara, my wife, heard I was going to give this sermon. She said, please don't be so intense and say something funny and keep it three or four minutes or you're going to lose it. So um, I, try, I try not to lose you, but I do want to share these three these quick facts because you need to know this. 2015, the year 2015 of our church to 2017, our average weekly attendance dropped from 300 to 254 in a two-year period. So, so that's bad news. Good news is the first six months of 2018, we regained, we rebalanced. We're up in average attendance in June of this year up to 282, so we regained about 20 people per week. So so we have gone through a change, and that's to be expected. There's nothing to panic over. That's a reality when you go through the types of transitions we have. So we're, we're, we're in transition. Again, the good news is we're on the upside, and we're at a very good place. And I don't know about you, but I can't be more excited about our leadership, you know, and the things we're, we're doing. So I can be very excited about that. Um, the, the third stat I wanted to share with you is that sadly in the first six months of this year, sadly in the first six months of this year, we've lost nine members to have passed away. And in the four-year average of 2013 to 2017, we've averaged 14 in a year. 
so we wanted like nine, so we're going to be above like twelve or ten. But you know, so what we have the implications in my mind are pretty obvious. We've got fewer people than we had, not some, but fewer. We've got a generation of leaders that have helped lead us. You know, I just I, I've been here in my twenties, thirties, forties, and I'm just turning fifty. So I've been here a while, and 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 to look out and see the people before me, the later leaders before me that are no longer here, that's a challenge. So so we've got a generational leadership challenge. We need people to get get involved and get there. So the good thing is that the church leadership has solutions for this, and I want to kind of quickly touch on those. It's the focus on volunteers that's number one. You know, we need, again, more people, you know, to engage. And if you look at one of your handouts, which you have any of them, there's this big sheet of paper with a lot of words on it. And, you know, this is important. I want you to take this home with you. It's really important that you take this home with you. Explain the format. What this is, this is your opportunity to engage and be part of the puzzle. All right? Be part of the puzzle. It is formatted on the front, you know, sharing Christ. That section models our mission statement, our mission statement. Remember it is, say it, you know, sharing Christ. It's all about how to be involved in passionate worship. worship. And, you can, and you can see the areas, and there's a lot of detail to this, you know. So you have the... A, you know, an area, and then you have some details how you can get involved. Then we go to making disciples, and that's faithful development. All the things that we do, all the programs that we do, and we do an incredible amount of programming as you look. You move forward, you see serving people, giving hope, and then just running the show, running the church. These are all the, all the duties. And, and again, it's not about, it's more than the monetary it's not about the monetary component. It, it's about how you can plug in and serve. Um, so that that there's an opportunity for everybody to respond to that that challenge for this um, leadership focus. You know, Pastor Hayes has just completed a listening session for our church. I think series of about five or six listening sessions where he went in and and talked to a wide range of members. You know, in our community, about our church, church members, and so we've got some information behind it. And I think it's going to lead us to what we're really excited about that. And and of course, you know, Carrie Jones is another example, you know, of that leadership. Um, we just had our annual charge conference this week. We have a new slate of church leaders. We need more. We need more people to be involved to help out that generational leadership I talked about. Um, and the great thing, we have a commitment from our pastor that this year we're going to have, you know, monthly meetings. Yeah, no, I'm not going to tell you. But, but they're, they're, they're good things. You'll know when they are. They'll be very planned. They'll be very structured, and they'll have quality time. And I, I think that that's important. And then lastly, spiritual focus. A lot of the feedback and the information we got, we want to make sure. We want to make sure that, you know, our, our focus is that we continue to provide faith based opportunities throughout the week because our population our church population is changing and so I will you'll see a bigger emphasis a focus on redesigning our website page for 
Bible every few seconds is really not working on more social media and more importantly getting involved and getting our family ministries involved so volunteers leadership spiritual purposes those are the things those are the things that that how we are moving forth and we are in a we're in a really exciting phase together in the life of our church we're, we're moving up we've got some great leadership we've got some great ideas and so the challenge for you is on November the 11th, as you think about your financial commitment that you're going to make to this church, I want you to think about the other types of commitments because regardless of where you are in the stage of your life, I promise you, I promise you, there is a place for you. And what I do, I, I encourage anyone to, what are you passionate about? What are you excited about? What are you good about? What are your talents? And what are your passions? And when, when talents or passions equals gifts, there's a gift. Find out where you fit into this because everybody, everybody needs to play a part as we move forward with a new direction in our church. I appreciate your time today. I didn't get shots. I'm right at noon, so I'm going to turn it over to Andy, and, and thank you very much.